it's Laren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Chef Joanne Weir. You know her from her current show, Plates and Places, on PBS, where she shares culinary adventures from all over the world, but this is just a speck in her illustrious career. Joanne is a James Beard Award-winning author, renowned international cooking teacher, and a fourth-generation professional chef. She has mentored with Alice Waters at Chez Panisse and Madeleine Cayman in France, and continues to bring her global influence on screen through her cookbooks and in culinary journeys where she teaches food lovers around the world. Joanne also opened Capita, a modern Mexican restaurant in Tequileria in Sausalito, California. Needless to say, she has an amazing tequila collection. I am very excited to welcome Joanne to the podcast. Hi, Joanne. Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to see you. It's the last time I saw you, we were in beautiful Napa Valley. Right. Um, it was a beautiful day. I'm so glad I have that as a memory before we went into lockdown last year. <laughs> I know. You know, that was such a beautiful show. And you, it was so fun to sit with all of you around the table. We, we were filming the fig show. Do you remember when I climbed up on the ladder? Oh, absolutely. That was the, the best part. All of you? <laughs> that was so, so fun. Oh, well, I am a huge fig lover in general. So right. my dream would be to have all those fig trees in my backyard. So I know that those was such a special episode. Big trees. Oh, they're so incredible. And we picked the figs that were so, um, they're almost shriveled. They're almost like dried figs because they've been on and the birds haven't gotten to them. And they're <laughs> so sweet. They're like candy. I mean, just delicious. Yeah, no. And it was, and I have made, actually, there's another recipe that you made when, um, we filmed that other one with olives, that olives thing. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Was it dried figs? Yes. And dried figs with olives? Yeah, yes. you kind of make it like as a toppinade. Yes, um, exactly. I oh love my that. gosh. So good. That, that website, love it. That's on my website. That recipe is there. So, yeah, and I've sent my yeah. friends to that. Um, and I'll put it in show notes because it's such okay. a good recipe. So everyone okay. should try it. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm always curious, and I always like to start off this way. Um, what's the first thing that you remember cooking, and how old were you? Okay, so the first thing I remember cooking, uh, okay, my first food, can I say my first food memory? Yeah, of course. Okay, so this is pretty young. I would say I was about five years old, and I, my mother told me she was going to make me a tomato sandwich. Oh. And I rolled my eyes and thought about all the other lucky kids that were having, you know, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or, you know, like what happened to tuna fish, you know, but right. no, bologna. <laughs> my mother was going to make me a, a tomato sandwich. So she was a fantastic. She, my mother was a professional chef and a cook. And she also um, had a great garden and she went out into the garden. She picked a tomato. She brought it in. And I grew up in New England. We had amazing tomatoes. She brought it in and she sliced it and she she sliced the bread. It was homemade bread. She spread it with mayonnaise. She put the tomato on. And the thing I remember, Laren, is that she put, she said, now, every time you have tomatoes, you always have to sprinkle them with salt because it brings out the sweetness and the acidity. Yes. And I remember, I'm serious. I still remember that. Like, I was so young and I thought I was probably five years old and I thought, what am I going to do with that information? Like you can't say at school to the other kids, <laughs> hey, salt brings out the sweetness and acidity. But anyway, I, she put the top on the sandwich. She cut it into two triangles. She took a half and I took a half. And honestly, I thought it was the most delicious thing that I had tasted. And it was the simplicity of, well, first of all, it was homemade bread, homemade mayonnaise. Mm. And it was that 
vine ripened tomato and just that little sprinkle of salt. If she was getting fancy, she put a slice of cucumber on it. <laughs> anyway, so I wrote a book called You Say Tomato. It was the second book that I wrote. And I dedicated it to my mother for teaching me to make the perfect tomato sandwich. Oh, I love that. Those yeah. are the best, the best memories. Because first right. of all, I love that. I mean, what a treasure to have a mom who could make homemade bread and grow right. to it. It's like my mom was a huge gardener too. So those are like the memories that I remember the most when, when she grew the food and we grilled it. And, you know, it's just, right. uh, I know. You don't, I feel like we're getting back to that time, which is kind of cool, like with everyone getting back into gardening and making bread, especially during lockdown. Right. It's uh-huh. true. You know, I really, I remember going to the refrigerator and I would say to my mother, there's nothing in here. It's just <laughs> ingredients because everything, I hated the word homemade when I was a kid. I wanted, I went to school with a little wax paper bag with homemade uh, chocolate chip cookies. And honestly, I remember kids, other kids were eating Chips Ahoy cookies. Yeah. I wanted one of those Chips Ahoy cookies. So much. I wonder if they still make those. I they wanted do. That so much. <laughs> I, but anyway, I had to eat my, and I would like put them underneath like the table so no one would see. Oh. <laughs> I was eating them out of like a wax paper bag. I really just wanted to be like the other kids, but I had a just homemade and really delicious food. It's funny how you can appreciate that now because, no, you know, and I'm sure the other kids wanted your homemade cookies. It's true. <laughs> I used to trade. I used oh, to see, trade. There you I go. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So clearly you had your mother as an influence. Um, you had some strong women in your background. I mean, your great-grandmother um, had a restaurant, right? Pilgrim's right. Pantry? So, yes. My, so my grandfather had a really beautiful big dairy farm in New England. It was in the foothills of the Berkshires. And it was just the most gorgeous place. And we used to go every single Saturday to... Um, to visit my grandfather and he would, he was, uh, so this farm was 450 acres and it was wow. a dairy farm and it was called the uh, the Bryant farm because William Cullen Bryant, the poet and statesman, when you think about Bryant Park in New York, yes. that's what I'm talking about. So he gave to my great grandfather, his proprietor's estate. And it was, I think oh, he sold wow. it to him for a dollar. Anyway, it was the most beautiful, beautiful farm. So we would go there every Saturday. And in the summer, he would bring people from New York and he would cook for them. So it was kind of like a bed and breakfast, I guess. So, but Uh anyway, we would go on Saturdays and he would make these picnic lunches. And the memories that I have of like my grandfather's picnic lunches was chicken salad sandwiches. Well, he would have butchered the chicken, made the mayonnaise, made homemade rolls. He made potato chips. And to this day, I absolutely love potato chips. I mean, I have (laughs) such a soft spot in my heart, but for dessert, he even made maple syrup. And oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, he was just, he just loved food, both my grandparents, both sides. But anyway, um, he would make uh, hand-churned maple walnut ice cream. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, so that was my grandfather. And then you're going to love this, Lauren. We would, I would go with my mom, and I would sit on the front, the, the front porch looking out over, you know, the hills, which were really beautiful. And I used to say to my mom, I'd point to this hill, and I'd say, Mom, what's that hill over there? She always said the same thing. Now, we're talking New England, Massachusetts. She always said the same thing. She said, it's California. Oh. <laughs> Where did I end up? It was the most beautiful hill. I guess I always wanted to be here. So 
anyway. And then my great grandmother, she had what happened was her husband um, was sailing in the Boston Harbor and he had a there was a boating accident mm-hmm. and he was killed and she had three children. So she had to go to work. And so she went to work as and she loved cooking and she was a great cook. And so she went to work as a chef at a restaurant called Pilgrim's Pantry in Boston. Oh, so that's incredible. yeah, so I really and who knows beyond? I don't know about my great great grandmother. You know, first of all, I mean to be in that time working as a woman and having to raise a family. I can't even imagine how strong she must have right. had to be to to do that. But look, and then she leaves this legacy of I know culinary it's, prowess. I know <laughs> it's really true. It's true. My mother always said she was such an extraordinary cook, just such a great cook. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, I'm in four generations. That's incredible. So did you know, I mean, I think I remember reading once that your background was in teaching. So I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree and at the University of Massachusetts and uh, a BFA in photography and also art education. So I taught for a couple of years in Boston. And then I just said, you know, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And that's when I studied with Madeleine Kamen in France, uh, which was extraordinary, but also tough. She's she was such a taskmaster. But luckily, she liked me. She I always called her my cooking mother. She was just an extraordinary woman. And um, so I worked with her. I got a master chef diploma. It took one year and then. Um, then moved back to California. I'd been living in California before that. And then, um, and so I moved back to California and that's when I went to work at Chez Panisse. So how did that happen? Did you just walk in the door one day and say, Hey, I want to hire me? (laughs) Yeah, really. That's a good question. Um, I always wanted to work there. You know, when I was in France, I was in Savoie and that's where I studied and it was all about cream and butter. And I never really liked cream and butter. I didn't like rich food. I loved olive oil based food. So when I came back, I thought, I mean, the ultimate would be working at Chez Panisse. And I tried out at Chez Panisse and also Square One, which was Joyce Goldstein's restaurant. And you had to try out, right? And you worked and worked and worked. And then if you were good enough, they'd hire you. So I was trying out at both of them and um, then Chez Panisse and I really wanted Chez Panisse and Chez Panisse hired me so I worked there for five years and it was extraordinary I mean I felt like I have these really strong mentors my mother and female mentors which I love my mother um, you know Madeline Kamen and then Alice Waters and all three of them have been have had such a profound effect on it um, uh, on my life and uh, anyway and influence I should say but yeah. anyway yeah well, but I working at Chez Panisse I loved oh so you asked me okay so I thought <laughs> sorry I no it's that. okay but I thought that I would just you know go to Chez Panisse with a resume nobody even looked at my resume they didn't even care they really cared that I worked with uh, that I had studied with Madeline, mm-hmm. but they also loved that. I think the thing they loved the most was that both of my grandparents had farms and that I grew up with a family, a mom who was a cook and just my passion for cooking. And then I loved anything Mediterranean. And I knew that then. And so I tried out for about, I don't know, four or five days. And then I was hired. And I did, I had no restaurant experience, so I did everything. I mean, I washed salad greens. I used to make 40 pounds of pasta a day. Oh my um, gosh. But I got really good at pasta. And, uh, but anyway, you know, I made pizza dough. I did all the things that you kind of start out doing. 
And, uh, but then I ended up kind of working everywhere in the restaurant. And I really, it, I don't know if I've ever really left. Right. I sometimes will go back and work there sometimes. Do you really? Just, just I know it's crazy. The hand. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's quite a family to you now at this, you know, yeah. in the, after spending how many, five years or so five there? Years. You know, they call it La Famille de Panis, the Aww. family of Panis. Yeah. So, That's yeah. so sweet. So what are some recipes that you've continued to make from your time as Chez Panis? Like, just I'll tell you one recipe. thing that I think of right off the top of my head is this, I love this garlic, roasted garlic souffle, where you roast, I think it was even two bulbs or a bulb of garlic, I can't remember, and you roast it and then, um, you know, extract it from the, the, what I do is I roast it whole mm-hmm. and, um, and then I use either a potato ricer or also, um, oh, a food mill and uh-huh. to extract the garlic. And also with, I think, what's the other thing? Oh, and Gruyere cheese. Oh my gosh. And it was a souffle. But the thing that's unique about it is baking it on an oven-proof platter so it cooks in 15 minutes. It's so beautiful when you bring it to the table. It's extraordinary. So that is one thing that I continue to make and I really love, but I've changed it up. I make it with spinach. I make it with all different <laughs> things, different kinds of cheeses. I've done it with like spinach and some kind of blue cheese. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so Yum. Gorgonzola, okay. delicious. <laughs> But that's one of the things. But my food is really influenced by Chez Panisse. I make a lot of the desserts. I love Lindsay Shear's dessert book. It has really influenced me. That's amazing. So I'm, when I love looking at your your book, The Kitchen. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> the oh, Kitchen Gypsy. Gypsy. Um, what I love about it, though, not just for the recipes. Actually, I will tell you, like when we started in lockdown just about a year ago, I made those cookies. Oh, gosh, what's it called? I think it's over here. Uh, oh gosh, it has a clever name. Oh, anyway, I'll find oh, that's, it. Well, I can't think of it. Okay, cookies. It would have to. Uh, they look like biscotti, <laughs> but they're not quite. Where is it? Was it biscotti? No, it's a little hermit. Oh, the hermits. Hermit. Yes. Anyway, okay. so good. That was they're, one. They're of the- so easy, right? That's such a great so recipe. Easy. Okay, so that's a recipe of my mom's in my for my grandmother. Oh, yeah. So that's how that got in there. But it's funny you should say that because of all recipes, I when my book came out, Shapenese did an event for me, and that's one of the things they made with the oh, hermits. I'm kidding. How funny! They made hermits at Shapenese, but anyway, that's awesome. Wow. Well, what I love about it is it just it reads like a good, like just like a good novel too, because it just Thank chronicles you. your journey. And to me, like those stories are what really matters. Right. I mean, I know a lot of, I don't know if you get this a lot, but people like me who blog, (laughs) we get a lot of flack from readers who just want to jump to the recipe where, you know, a lot of us started our sites chronicling our, our culinary journeys and just our regular stories, which I, you know, I treasure. So for me, getting to read about the heart of the recipe matters so much, which is why I really, really love this book of yours. Um, right. But it's also so cool to see, you know, how your cooking evolved over mm-hmm. the years, which oh, is yeah. so neat. 
Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> I'm so but, glad you like it. I, you know, I agree with you that, you know, I write recipes in the head note. I'm wondering if they even read those stories because those mean a lot to us. You know, mm-hmm. why? I always think every single recipe has a story. And um, and I, I love the head notes of recipes, you know. I sometimes skip them too if I really love the recipe. I find right. during um, during COVID, I, I mean, I was doing other people's recipes, which was really fun. I just needed inspiration. I yes. cooked all but about 13 days during COVID. Really? I, yes. I cooked dinner every single night and yeah. it was great. I mean, I loved it, but I really, it was just a time that I could just relax and enjoy it, you know, rather than, you know, I'm testing recipes or I have to get this done for something or it was, it was nice to have that time. I seem to have lost it now. And now my, I think my dinners are getting simpler, but anyway. Yeah. Well, I think that was one of the silver linings that, you know, that came out of more people were cooking and experimenting and I agree. Yeah. And we get to cook for the pleasure of it. So for me, like cooking the hermits was cooking for the pleasure of it. Right. right. I, yeah. I shared it on Instagram, but like, you know what I mean? Like, the, <laughs> right. like I didn't have to, it, it wasn't a job. So it was just yeah, yeah. so nice. Um, in terms of your cookbooks, like what was, let's say the hardest part of writing them? Because I know that each one is probably a labor of love. It is a labor of love. Um, what motivates you to keep churning out these books I know, you know, I've written 17 cookbooks, but you know, 10 of those, no, I think it was nine or seven, are Williams-Sonoma books. So really I wrote about nine on my own. It's so funny, I should know that. But um, I'll tell you, I have this saying on my desk and I see it every single day, it's square. It's not big and it says, passion keeps me realizing my possibilities. Mm. And if something, I mean, I have a real creative mind. I, you know, I studied fine arts. I have a really creative background. That's I'm sure where my brain always goes. If I see a creative project go by, I am all over it. And I often get these ideas. Karen, my assistant must think I'm crazy. Sometimes I'll call her with like three different ideas. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, in 2012, I opened Copita. I wrote a book. I did a television series and I started a wine label. I started oh, doing gosh. rare wines. And honestly, she was she couldn't keep up, nor could I. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I just get excited about a project. I get excited. I, if there's passion there, then I'm there. I still have, like I wrote that book, Kitchen Gypsy, which I love, love, love that book. It's just so near and dear to my heart. That one and From Tapas to Meze are probably my very first book are my two favorites. Um, but I keep saying, okay, it's called Kitchen Gypsy, recipes and stories from a lifelong romance with food. Where do I go from there? You know, so <laughs> I do have, I do have, one more that I really would love to do. I, I really have a book in it, but I, I I really have to think about this one because it's much more writing mm-hmm. and it's some recipes and it's really um, a lot about, uh, it's, it's, anyway, it's about World War II and history and religion because, um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to probably go into it, but um, my husband is Jewish and I've learned so much through his mom and dad and um, they were survivors. So, um, and my father 
Um, I didn't grow up Jewish. I'm not Jewish, but my father was the first wave to land on Omaha Beach um, mm -hmm. during World War II. And we went through, my father had PTSD. So I've lived that um, my whole life. My dad isn't alive anymore. But anyway, he was really obsessed towards the end of his life and or for the last several years of his life. And it really affected all of us. I mean, that's what I love reading about World War II. So the story is really about what I learned through my mother-in-law and my dad and about really history and religion. And it, I, it's way beyond me. And by the way, I've never told anybody this. I've never told anyone that I was working is this something I want to do? I even have the title and I'm not telling you that. <laughs> well, it when it comes out, it's going to be beautiful. Much for me. I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it'll be a very emotional thing to do, but it's also, I really need to work with a historian. And so, you know, and, and writing that kind of book, even putting together the, um, the, you know, the outline is tough, you know, I, it's, so it's a lot to think about Yeah. anyway. Well, but that's when it be, comes, so that's what I want to work on. I think that's amazing. I don't, that's just going to be incredible when it comes out and the amount of research that's going to, right. You're going to have to travel. I'm sure. You know, I know. Which, which yeah. is not, yeah. <laughs> you're always that. traveling. Are you kidding? So, oh my gosh. You have but so much you on know, You know about the tours that I do. That's the thing I miss mm -hmm. so much during COVID is travel. I mean, it has been really tough because every May and every October, um, I am, you know, I host these, uh, I rent villas and people come and spend a week with me cooking. That's the thing that I love so much. I mean, yes, I like doing television. Writing is definitely, you know, you know what it's like. Um, but it's also, I really love the tours that I do and I really love to travel. So Kitchen Gypsy, the name came because my dad, who was very quiet, always called me his wandering gypsy from the time I was Aww. a little girl. So the... Um, you know, my, my love of travel started very, very young. I was never home. I was riding my bike to the park or I was swimming in someone's pool or I was never home. So that's how he started calling me. And even before my dad died, I mean, my whole life, he called me his one. Oh, there's my wandering gypsy. That's so sweet. Oh, anyway, oh what a good homage to him. <laughs> right. So that's my kitchen gypsy and kitchen was for my mom and gypsy was for my dad. I love and that. He called me wandering gypsy. Well, I know that was a segue, but sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, now the travel is opening up again. You have many things on your plate coming up. So could you tell us a little bit about where you're headed next? I'm so excited about this. So I have, so what I do is I rent these villas and I, okay, so some of the locations I have is this 16th century villa completely renovated in Tuscany outside of Luca, which I use. I don't own it. I use it. And um, I. it's so beautiful, beautiful kitchen, wood-fired pizza oven um, from the original house from Amazing. the 1600s. It's an extraordinary house. And so, and I love Luca. It's what, Luca and Rome are my two favorite cities in Italy. So um, anyway, I love that location. I also have a beautiful location in Sicily. I've been working there a lot also. So Sicily, this is the windows look out at Mount Etna on one side oh, and on wow. the other side, the Mediterranean. So I'm just dreaming here talking to you. I mean, I'm just <laughs> going, I'm Anyway, I love that. The kitchen is beautiful. We do hands-on classes. We go on excursions. We go to this um, really beautiful, and it's funny that it just went right out of my mind. It's uh, this beautiful little island that's connected. Oh, I can't believe I can't 
remember the name of it. Anyway, in uh, this uh, is connected by a bridge in Sicily. I can't remember the name mm -hmm. of it. Um, but anyway, um, maybe it'll come to me. And, you know, I mean, we go on these excursions where people get to, you know, go to someplace where somebody might be making this certain kind of wine and then we'll have a beautiful alfresco, you know, lunch outside and just, you know, they're going to see where olive oil, how olive oil is made or, you know, cheeses or whatever. So it's usually food related mm -hmm. anyway. And then I, but I also have locations in Rioja. So that's Northern Spain. It's a wine region. And I love that region. The food is incredible. We filmed there. I filmed with a person just recently, his, well, before COVID. Uh, his name is Francis Peñejo. You don't even need to say his last name in Spain because he's that well-known. But they cooked <laughs> in his kitchen. And I mean, I, everybody gets to meet him. I mean, things like that. Um, but I have a new location. But wait, wait, wait. So Greece on the island of Syros, Beautiful, beautiful Cycladic island. Um, I love that too. Um, and, but I have two new locations, and that is on the island of Mallorca in Spain. Wow. And it's so beautiful. It used to be um, a mill where they milled flour, and it is such a, and now it's a farm. It's That was a long time ago. And um, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's this, so it's a new location. And then it's in the town of Soyar, which is absolutely, it'd be like saying Sausalito. It's kind of that, you know, That's you know how people love Sausalito. But yeah. um, then also um, I have a new location and it is Porto in Portugal. <gasps> I oh. love my work. I'm serious. I love what I do. And I, I, but I'm getting locations. I mean, I've taught in Sardinia, on the island of Kea in Greece, um, all over, really, a lot in the south of France, in Provence, so oh everywhere. My gosh. I and can't I, think so I spend a month. Oh, and I'm forgetting one that's so important Marrakesh, Morocco. I've been there, oh. <laughs> I've been going there for 10 years, almost every year. So I know Morocco and I know Marrakesh really well. I feel like just saying this, I, I can't even believe I get to do all this, you know? I mean, I, love these courses and I love the people you know that come on my trips and I love them so it's about 15 people and all they have to do is get there and we pick them up and it's just it's just and I love to be spend a week with people that love food like mm -hmm. you and I do you know and are they're the good people <laughs> yes so they're always good people too I have such great people that come with me so you I get a lot it. of repeat visitors or repeat a lot yeah. a lot so someone wrote to me today and everybody's dying to go right yeah. now everybody is raring to travel um somebody wrote today and they they know about the Mallorca trip and she said right now we're going to send you deposit it isn't until next year we're sending you deposits for eight people wow I mean, in Sardinia, I'll tell you about one thing about Sicily. This is really wonderful. It's very close to Terramina. A lot of people know Terramina. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. It's quite famous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, one of the times a, the, a group, a whole family came. It was eight of them. It was the mom and dad. They're three kids with their spouses. And their last name was Terramina. No so way. They, they've gotten to be like regular travelers now with me. And they're just, so I have a lot of repeats. And I, oh, I just so love nice. the people that come. I just... I love it, you know, and we always cook the food from that region and it's always food and wine, except Morocco. I mean, yes, of course we have wine, but it's, you know, there's not that much uh, wine that's made there, but we still, we get to drink wine with our meals, but that's a beautiful, beautiful location. I mean, just Morocco is just so sensuous. It's everything. It's the sights, the sounds, the smells. It's just, I don't Colorful. know. I've 
It's on my list. It's so colorful. You would love it. You would love it. But you know, it's funny. I say that and I just, I'm, I'm there. I'm just there. It's just, and I miss it so much. Oh, so my next trip, I have to scout. I'm kidding. I really don't have to, but I'm going to try to go in October. Well, you have to research. To, yeah, I have to research. I want to go to the location in Mallorca because I've done it by uh, everything this past year by video and, or last year uh, by video and also, you know, sending me all kinds of photos and information, but I want to go to Mallorca and then I want to go and just, I, I'm hoping that my Morocco class will go in the fall, but if it doesn't, I'm just going to go visit my friends in Morocco just for a few days. Yeah, that'll yeah. be good. How do you balance it all, Joanne? Because you, you do so much. Um, it's just, it's so inspiring. I'd love, like, where do you get the time and energy to, to put, because you put a thousand percent into everything that you do. So oh. where, where do you get it all from? <laughs> I know. So, you know, I, I, I really go back to that, little saying. I really have passion. I recently said to my husband, it was funny. I said to Joe, I said, honestly, I think I've made my living on passion because I even got a passion award. The Tate <laughs> Awards gave me an award. The very first time they gave an award it, for passion, I got That's it. Awesome. <laughs> I'm obviously very passionate about what I do, but I, I just... I really am excited about, I love to see and do and continue to learn. I just, it makes me so happy. And um, I think that's part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and for me, really, um, I get inspired by travel. I am so inspired by it. I could go back to Marrakesh 10 times and do the exact same things. And I learn something new every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I just don't retain enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, who knows? But I really, I, I feel so fortunate to have the career that I have, you know? Yeah. I, I hope well, I never, ever have to stop. I really love it. I love what I do. Well, you deserve it. I mean, you, you work so hard and you put your heart and soul and you spread joy wherever you go. So that's oh, that awesome. Day, I, oh, thank you so much. But that day, all of us were together. That was the, in, in Sonoma, that was the most wonderful day. I it really was a loved beautiful it. day. Oh, I love was... that you have it captured in an episode because we could all relive I it. <laughs> I know. And did you get to see yourself? I did, yeah. I know. It's like, no, I don't want to see it. But... <laughs> People are always like that. No, you guys were great. You know what was so fun? Oh, I love the kitchen part. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody was so funny we were all making jokes it was really cute but I really loved that day I really did and it was a really beautifully shot I thought it was really Mm -hmm. a beautiful show yeah no your crew is amazing they they do such a good job and it was a beautiful location and the wine is delicious and yeah yeah it was good memories and I think that's wonderful too about how you capture that on your show because then for people who can't travel and you know for whatever reason they can live vicariously through you right. and learn and, and try the recipes at home. So that's really cool. And I so I think also this past year, yes. it's been, I mean, people loved seeing the show because they, yes, they could travel virtually to Italy and Morocco. And, you know, yeah. so many people now, oh, they all want to travel. I can't tell you how many people, I mean, are you going here? When are you going? And it's, it was hard because I had about 100 people signed up for my tours oh, in wow. 2020. And I had to move all of them and I keep moving them. I mean, it's really, really hard. And, you know, I mean, I hope 
it's going to be this fall. But if it isn't, what I have set up is I have, um, I'm going to just move them to, and this is what I've said, I've already moved and I've already scheduled the classes for spring of 2022. And luckily, all the, you know, most of the people, not I would say three quarters stayed with me and said, I'm still going. A few were like, oh, I'm not going, I'll never go, you know, I'm going to wait, you know, yeah. until the entire world is vaccinated. Well, you know, that might be a long time. I think it's going to be safe though to travel. Oh, I didn't tell you one thing I'm also doing. See, I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> but I also found a gorgeous location in Sonoma. So I'm doing a oh. three night, four day tour. Uh, there. And that's going to be really, really fun. This house is gorgeous. And Healdsburg. So um, oh, and we all beautiful. love Healdsburg. Yes. So yeah. And um, it has six or seven bedrooms and seven bathrooms. It's gorgeous. It's really beautiful and a huge kitchen. So it's, it's really a big kitchen. So it's really great. The um, woman who owns it loves to cook. So I'm doing that in August. So yeah, 18 to 21. I'm very excited about it. Oh, that's great. Where can everyone find information about your tours? Yeah, just um, go to my website, www.joannweir.com. It's okay, J-O-A-N-N-E-W-E-I-R. Perfect. We're like weird, but take off the D. <laughs> <laughs> Joannweir.com. And there's hundreds of recipes there. And then you'll see my tours. And then I also do weekend classes in my kitchen so this is actually where I film my show so those are smaller but it's fun because people you know that have come to my classes or whatever you know they come for the weekend to San Francisco or they live in San Francisco and we cook together during the day we do a class on Saturday and a class on Sunday so I have one of those coming up where I'm doing pizza and pasta oh fun yeah. Perfect. Then you can learn from the best. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. You are so sweet. I love what you do too, by the oh, way. Thank incredible. You. Oh, my, I, I was so excited that I was going to be able to talk to you again. I really oh, mean that. Thank you, Joanna. Just I can't tell how much that earth. means to me. <laughs> thank oh, you. you and, not, and not, I don't know. I don't know if anyone can see you, but you don't even know how gorgeous she is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you were so beautiful on camera, by the way. I can't You're making it. me blush. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you were so good on camera. Oh, thanks. Well, I feel like we have this weird East Coast, West Coast connection because I grew up in New York and made my oh, right. way west and fell in love with how food is here. And um, yeah, it just it's it's just nice to be able to connect with someone who loves food as much as right. as we do. So I know. Thank Isn't you. It? It's really great. <laughs> it is. Well, I know we're running out of time and I don't Time is precious, I know, but I have some closing questions if you're up for it. Yes. Okay. So what's something that you make when you're just too tired to cook and you just need an emergency go-to dinner? Okay. It's chicken soup. I have chicken stock in my freezer and I have chicken thighs that I um, freeze like this and they'll mm -hmm. frost immediately. And I use any vegetables that are in the refrigerator. And if I don't even want to do that, it's um, pasta and brodo. I just take the chicken stock, yeah. throw the pasta in, some grated Parmigiano Reggiano, a little bit of really delicious olive oil, dinner. Perfect. I'm a soup person too. And my daughter makes fun of me all the oh, time because she's like, mom, you love soup too much. I'm like, are you kidding? Soup oh. is life. <laughs> like I love soup too. I, and it's actually within the last year, which is really funny. I, I'm two years. I have just loved soup. Yeah, I could eat it every day, but my family no. won't let me, so. <laughs> What's the one recipe that you treasure the most? And I know this is not a fair question, but if there was one. 
Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what my comfort food is. Um, another one, but that is, would be my, the way my mother made spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, you know, and it was just like, you know, I don't even think they make that dish in Italy, but honestly, that was my, I just crave that. And that's one that I will always love. And I do the same thing over and over. I love it. Aw, mom's it's recipe. Exactly in there's the recipe is in Kitchen Gypsy. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, it is. Oh, I will look. I will check it sure. out. I love that. Okay, and if I not, I'm happy to give it to you. Oh, thank you. Um, are you a messy cook or a neat cook? I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're gonna have to tell me after. So I no, I'm a pretty neat cook. I don't know if Joe because he likes he does the dishes for me. Mm. I don't know if he would say the same thing, but I'm pretty neat. I think I tend though to, I'm not a person that sets everything out. It does the whole mise en place and then cooks. I kind of do it as I go. So it can look kind of messy, but I've got a very organized mind. And my father was the same way. I mean, he was just super organized. So I, but I would say I'm a neat cook and I bet you thought the same. I did. I did. I, I, I strive to be a neat cook, but every cabinet door ends up open in, in my house. Oh, yeah, I do that too, though, or I'll have the drawer <laughs> open. And I mean, I, and, but I will wash dishes as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of times if I'm doing like a special dinner and I'm entertaining and I do that on a Saturday, Joe will go out for a bike ride. And when he comes back or he'll keep walking back and he'll do the dishes as I'm cooking. Because oh, what a good person. <laughs> I know, right. But if I invite people for dinner, I'm not just going to make something simple. I always like to, you know, it's my time you know, to do something fun, but I'll spend the day doing it. And it's great that he'll come in and kind of rescue me. (laughs) That's teamwork, right? I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's a good kitchen tip that you could share? Um, Good kitchen tip that I can share. Oh gosh. Why can't I think of any? And there's a thousand. Okay. So when I'm chopping garlic, Maybe you saw me do this before. What I do instead, well, there's a, to no, actually I changed it a little. I used to use the back of the knife, mm-hmm. not the blade, but the back of the knife. And I kind of mash it. Uh-huh. And, but now I've been using a microplane and it's so fast. So, I mean, I probably, everybody knows that. And the microplane is like a, it's a rasp really. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that tool for, you know, zesting oranges, grapefruit, lemon, lime, lemons, limes. But it's really great for grating garlic, grating ginger. Yes. So I would say that's, I mean, it's kind of a little go-to and probably everybody has that one. The other one that I love and I think about is when you're making a dressing, I always make dressing, right? I, when people tell me they buy dressing, I never do. I always make it because mm-hmm. it's so easy. Yeah. One of the things I love to do is to temper the, I'll chop some shallots and I'll put them in a bowl and I'll pour the vinegar over and let it sit for 10 minutes. It tends to temper those shallots. And then when you add the oil, it just, and a little salt, it's the most delicious dressing. And, you know, you don't have to buy the bottled dressing, but you have, you know, I've got a cabinet, a serious cabinet full of vinegars and olive oils because I seriously could drink olive oil. Oh, I agree. I actually do sometimes. <laughs> you do? That's great. I do. Just, um, have you ever, like each other. Well, have you ever been to Cobram Estate? Um, they're up in no. like the Sacramento area. One day you guys should do it. You should do an episode there. Um, What's it Clover Estate? Cobram. C-O-B-R-A-M. Oh, Cobram. Yeah. Cobram. I've, I've had their olive oil, but yes. I've never gone there. You should go, because I was able to do um, a harvest with them two falls, two seasons ago. Right. Um, it's just incredible experience. Right. 
but the olive oil that they were making was so good. And mm. so now I just like, I'll just put some in a little shot glass and I'll sip on it while I'm cooking. Oh, I know. It's, it's so good. So good. The first harvest. It. Try the first harvest. <laughs> you know, I, yes, but I have been eating the Mediterranean diet since 1985. Wow. So um, for, I, you know, most of my life, I, I mean, uh, most of my adult life, I've been having the Mediterranean diet. And uh, which is why I probably have really low cholesterol and my, you know, everything. My doctor recently said, what have you been doing? You know, you're all of you, because I had to do some blood work. He said, you, all of your um, results are so incredible. I said, well, I didn't drink any wine. I didn't have any sugar. I'm not a big sugar person. I have to say, I would much rather have something savory. Um, But right before this, I did have a little piece of chocolate because that is my guilty pleasure. I love to this day, potato chips. I can't even have them in my house, especially if somebody has them homemade. And then I like one bite of chocolate, but it's tiny. I'm not saying a big, you know, I yeah. wouldn't eat, ever eat a bar of chocolate, just a bite. Always um, after lunch. Is that weird? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I have a chocolate thing too. Like, oh, like I have one bar like of dark chocolate that yep. I just sort of work on and I'll just That's snap it like after a meal. And then and I'm good. Like it just, it's enough to coat the palate and it's exactly. satisfying. That's exactly what I do. Exactly. Some days it's smaller, some days it's bigger, but I would never, I mean, it's never bigger than like that. Never. I I just have, like you said, coat your palate. Yeah. You love a bite. And I do like, I mean, I, if I hadn't studied food, I probably would have studied wine making because that's another thing that really interests me. And I know I'm not going to do that now, even though I have a passion for it. Anyway, I, I hope I answered all of your questions. Yeah, well, I have one last you have one. one more. Okay. Yeah, so every Friday I try to share five little things on my site that made me happy during the week. So is there one little thing that made you happy recently? Oh, that's so nice. Um, oh, there were so many things. Honestly, this week was so incredible. Um, I, I have to say, I did, oh, okay, I did two live events. This is my third or is it my fourth this week? So one is I did a live event with my really close friend and wonderful person, David Leibovitz. So Oh, yeah, I saw that. He was in my kitchen and that made me so happy. We both had been vaccinated and much after, you know, the vaccine. So we could, we cooked, we made um, cocktails together and it was so nice just to be with him and stand next to him, put my arm around him and hug. It was just really incredible. So that was really special. And then I did another one yesterday um, that was the Mediterranean on the Mediterranean diet and it was MDR and that it was just the people I worked with. And then I think the other thing is like talking to you. It's just connecting with people. It means so much to me. Um, so, I mean, I think I, I know I was only supposed to give you one, but I think it was connecting with people <laughs> and I, it makes me really, you know, just, I think the engagement um, it's the thing that we all miss so much. And so that, yeah. Well, that was definitely one of my little things too. So thank you, Joanne, for spending time thank with me you. today. Thank Where you. else can people find you other than joanneweir.com? Anywhere else? Yes. Oh, you're so good. Um, yes. On Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter. So it's Chef Joanne Weir. Okay. Chef jo- at Chef Joanne Weir. Yes. Awesome. So Instagram, yes, and and Facebook are my two biggest, but yes. Perfect. Thank you, Chef Joanne. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. A big hug Good to see you. you. And 
have a wonderful weekend and I will yeah, you hopefully see you soon. We're not that yeah. far away from each other. So yes, you'll have to. Yes. And you'll have to come back on the show sometime. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Chef Joanne Weir for sharing her passion and for cooking and life with us and her journey as her father's wandering gypsy. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking. Happy cooking.